How's it going today, guys? Once again, I'm back here live in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today, I am joined once again by my typical and honestly only guest at this point, Cohen <laughs> Hughes. Cohen, this is the man who is whose dad loves him more than LeVar Ball loves his kids. I so, wish. I mean, yeah, I'm, je- I'm jealous of him. Cohen, <laughs> yeah. it's up to the people, man. People, how's it going? My name's Cohen Hughes. If you haven't heard from me yet, you haven't been listening to this podcast for very long. Because um, I am a very regular guest. Me and Thomas love to shoot the shit, get all hyped up, and argue about whether or not not to tank or fuck Dan Quinn, not fuck Dan Quinn. We got plenty of arguing points, but I am the host of the Daily Degenerate podcast, which is sports betting, gambling, daily fantasy, comedy, whatever you want to call it, sports podcast. And me and Cohen also do the Association podcast, which is now on iTunes, so check that out. We only talk about the NBA on there. Like, there's tons of NBA stuff we could talk about today, but I was like, you know, we have so much gotta to cover. Got to save it. Got to save it. Got to save it. Yeah, we got to save it all for tomorrow. So, I mean, if y'all want to hear about NBA, trust me, we'll be uh, both uploading that, I think, to both our feeds as well as the Association feed. So, go listen to that. But I think, I think episode 3rd. four, the last one that we released, is our best one yet. Oh, yeah. We've definitely been getting better every single one. Uh, this is our first podcast we've done this year, so I got a, got at the end for y'all a little some countdowns of my favorite things that happened this year, a couple of awards I'm going to give out, but I mean, we got to start with the meat, guys, and that was NFL Week 17, and we're approaching Wild Card Weekend here, so let's talk a little bit about this. I mean, obviously, I think the biggest story that has to be addressed first is the Steelers missing the playoffs and all this Antonio Brown drama, and look, I don't even know what story to believe at this point. Every Me single neither. day, there's a new angle to it. Mm-hmm. There's a new story. There's a new everything. And honestly, my biggest takeaways from all of it is that you have to decide who has to go. It's either Antonio Brown or Mike Tomlin. And I'm getting rid of Antonio Brown. Big Ben's at the end of his career. You can't really fire Mike Tomlin now at this point. Him and Ben seem to work well together. I mean, the Steelers have lots of problems. I think Big Ben's one of the problems with like these comments about Mason Rudolph, just with Everything I think that goes on between him and Tomlin and just the whole team. And I think Antonio Brown's a little fed up with the fact Juju got team MVP. Juju's a flashy guy kind of stealing some of his thunder, some like a big touchdown celebrations. Like Antonio Brown feels like that. Juju the, also had more targets, correct? This year. Yeah, Juju did have more targets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, like he just feels like the Juju's just kind of taking his thunder. You know what I mean? It's just like the big name actor, the big name rapper has the guy come up underneath him and kind of surpass him. And mm-hmm. I think that's how Antonio Brown feels at this point with Juju. And I just think that a lot of things happen. Now, I don't know if this story is necessarily true about him throwing the football at somebody and then storming out of practice and then not showing up or showing up expecting to play for the game. I mean, Tomlin obviously had to sit him for that game after missing practice and everything. Because, I mean, that would send a bad, bad message if he were to let Antonio Brown play. Antonio Brown probably thought he was going to play just because it was a must-win game. But, I mean, if I'm the Steelers, I'm trading Antonio Brown. This is a dumpster fire. What do you think? Um, This is – a very, very, very weird and odd love triangle or hate triangle, if you want to call it that, between Tomlin, Big Ben, and Antonio Brown. I don't think um, Tomlin and Big Ben see eye-to-eye 100% of the time, which is obviously very unrealistic. Um, I think, even, I mean, Belichick and Brady don't necessarily no, see eye oh, to oh, oh, and, and, and we've seen the last two years that relationship has been revealed as kind of rigid at times. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of the, the old saying... At work, you don't have to like who you work with. You just have to work well with them. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I would not fire Mike Tomlin. We probably have different reasons. I love Mike Tomlin. I think he's the classic football coach. I think he's an, he has a great balance of being a player's friend coach and being serious at times. Um, I don't believe the notion that he's lost this locker room. I think that's a little bit naive if you want to say that. Um, yeah, there have been lots that have been going on in Pittsburgh this year, like um, the Le'Veon Bell situation. Like you said, mm-hmm. the uh, Big Ben comments about Mason Rudolph, which that was last calendar year, I think. Um, but to get to my point, I think Mike Tomlin is an incredible football coach. I think the same same goes for Coach Bud in the NBA. I think the Hawks were incredibly stupid to let go of Coach Bud. I think the Steelers will be incredibly stupid when they do, and I think they will fire Mike Tomlin. Not that I think it's right. I would keep Mike Tomlin, but that's me. I, Whatever. Um, to get back to the Mason Rudolph comments, um, I disagree. I think that – I don't think Big Ben owes – I don't think he owes him anything. I don't think he owes Mason Rudolph a, 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 a dang thing. If, if we think back and look to the um, early 2000s, Brett Favre said the same thing about Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't owe him anything. Why would you give the guy ammo to take your job? 
I understand being a good teammate. I I didn't play football in high school. I didn't play football at a competitive level. Um, so I don't understand fully. I'm a little bit ignorant on the nuances and workings of a week-to-week football team. But I will put it to you this way. Big Ben is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and he's carried that franchise, whether you like it or not, for a long time, even before A.B. and Le'Veon got there. Um, Do I think he's the problem? No. But do I think Big Ben is approaching at the twilight of his career and aggressively? I think that's true as well. Um, I don't necessarily trade Antonio Brown because Big Ben's going to be gone soon enough. So if that's the problem, make it work for another year, and then Big Ben may leave in a year or two. But... Then again, I don't understand all the nuances of a week-to-week football team. I wasn't raised in a football family. I didn't play in high school. I didn't play at a competitive level. So I don't think Antonio Brown is the problem. But if you can get a good haul for him, like if you can put your franchise in a situation to succeed by trading him away, I'm not opposed to that either. But to answer your question, I don't think Mike Tom was the problem at all. I think he's a... Excellent, 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 incredible football coach up there with the likes of Bill O'Brien and the other young guys that are accomplished, you you could say. Um, Big Ben will be gone soon enough. I love Big Ben, but he is a a little rigid to work with. You can tell he's hard to work with. So if I'm the Steelers, I stick it out for another year, year or two, and reevaluate then. Yeah, I mean, if I'm the Steelers at this point, Big Ben's so close to moving on. I think you have to keep him and Tomlin together. They seem like they still like each other and can work together. Um, I just feel like that at this point, like you said, I mean, Antonio Brown may not be the main problem, but I think he's presented himself to be so much of a distraction, so much of a problem for the team that at this point you have to move on from him. Also with Antonio Brown, the other thing is, too, that'd be kind of weird because Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown was arguably the best wide receiver and running back duo in the league, and now the Steelers could be losing both of them. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I feel like that's kind of the Steelers' system. Like, if you look over the course of the years, I'm not trying to take away from what these guys have done. No, of course not. They're obviously beasts. Of course not. But, I mean, if you look at the guys like Mike Wallace, like Jerome Bettis, Heinz Ward, um, Willie Parker, like the Steelers always have a good feature back, and they always have a good feature wide receiver. Like, the Steelers never have – are never lacking at those positions. So I also think it's the way that Big Ben plays and the way they set their offense up and stuff. But, I mean, I think you can get a lot in return from Antonio Brown. That's why I'm not opposed to moving him if that ends up being the choice here. I think he fits well with teams like the Bills, the Jets, who need offensive playmakers. I also think he fits really well with the Seahawks. Like we've seen Russell Wilson with those uh, quick receivers like Tyler Lockett who can create space and get open. I mean, Antonio Brown is 20 times the player Tyler Lockett is. So if you plugged him in and did what Lockett does – I mean, it'd be unbelievable. Wilson can keep the play alive, too, like Big Ben does. But Russell Wilson is throwing like, touchdowns to DJ Moore. Imagine mm, if he got Antonio Brown. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It'd be unbelievable. But my main point here is the Steelers, they clearly fell apart. They had a lot of distractions. I think Antonio Brown is the easiest person to blame it on. I think that's who I throw the blame on, and I think I move on on from him after the, the blame. The most blame to me goes on Le'Veon Bell. Um I understand the financials of football. That's one thing that I am sort of can get my head around. Um, You just don't do that to your team. You just don't put your foot down and say, I'm just not going to play. What what good is a contract if, 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 you can't legally uphold it or if you can't legally mm-hmm. make your player play if, if you sign it. You know, like, I understand that the NFL, and and I agree with the movement, the NFL has a large, large, large slave ship mentality. I 100% agree with what LeBron says when he says that. But you also have to be a team player and don't you can't just put your foot down and say, I'm not going to show up to practice in the games. I The biggest contributor to the Steelers' lack of success this year, I would say, is roster turnover and – Number two is Le'Veon Bell. I would agree with Le'Veon Bell, but I think you have to use recency bias here. And I think Antonio Brown quit on his team. And if I'm a player on that team, I don't want to see a guy like that get rewarded and stay around on the team. Like unless Antonio Brown went in and held like a team meeting and apologized to the whole team and explained everything. That's about the only way I would keep him around at this point. At this point, I say get rid of him. Start over if you're Pittsburgh. I feel like James Washington played better at the end of the season after Big Ben called him out. So I think you can. Re- I don't know necessarily if that's who you want to replace him with. You might want to go out and get a receiver in a You'd trade or, in, or with a first round pick or something. Yeah, you have to. Do something you would at least him, have to but... get Juju some help. You know, like they like they are mm-hmm. getting kind of thin. Like their rosters turned over a lot in the last two and a half years. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what losing I'm saying. Shazier so. wasn't good. Um, they lost James Harrison. You know, you, you know, like they're they're losing a few of these key guys mm-hmm. little by little, kind of like the Seahawks. Like they're they're losing their great pieces, just very very mm-hmm. slowly and surely. That's what I'm saying. It's time for a lot of big decisions in Pittsburgh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I'd say that's probably the top spot to keep your eye out in the offseason. Do you, do you think Tomlin's going to get fired? No, I don't think Tomlin. I think if Tomlin was getting fired, he'd be already out the door. You think? I think he'd already be gone. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. I think he'd already be gone. Um, going along kind of with this coaching thing and disappointment and stuff this season, what's, as of right now, there's eight coaches fired at the or I guess on Monday there's eight coaches fired from their coaching spots whether they got fired on Sunday or Monday or throughout the season. We, out of all these jobs that are available, what's your most desirable and undesirable job? Um, list the teams because I because because I want to say Arizona Cardinals would would be the best situation right now, but I don't want to get really? caught. Do- I don't want to get caught unquoted if there if, if there's a team that I'm obviously forgetting about. Because uh, Arizona already has a good foundation laid. They have a decent defense. They have an offense with a quarterback that they drafted. Um, they have a few good position players. Larry Fitzgerald will probably play one or two more years. Um, David Johnson is a great running back. Uh, the line isn't awful. They definitely do have some patches to plug, so to speak. But um, in terms of winning right now as a head coach, the Arizona Cardinals would be a very decent place to start. So the Dolphins have a head coaching vacancy. Okay, Dolphins. The Jets have a Jets, Cardinals, um, Browns have a head coaching vacancy. I didn't know that that, uh, that it was officially vacant. Yeah, the Jags have a head coaching vacancy. I don't know why the no. That is absolutely not true. Doug Marone was retained as the head coach of the he was Jaguars. Yeah, Coughlin came out and said that, or Shad Khan came out and said that. Marone would would take over his duties as head coach again next year. Um, let me pull them up. I'm trying, having trouble finding a list of all of them. Um, but honestly, it, if if Greg Williams doesn't get retained as head coach, which I which I do think will happen, um, I think I, it will happen too. I think I think Greg Williams. Saved, coached his ass into a job like he did way better than any of us could have ever expected. If you were to ask me if Greg Williams would have went what six and two in his last eight games, isn't that what it was? Then mm-hmm. or seven and three or or whatever the number was, it was a good winning percentage for his last whatever games. I I would think you were crazy. Um, if Greg Williams is retained, that spot is officially out the window. So I would say the Arizona Cardinals would be a, a, a very good spot. But if Greg Williams is not retained, I'd say the Browns would probably be the best available place for. Yeah, I mean the Browns is definitely the best available. They, spot they have the most weapons. Baker played. Yeah, they have. The I most would weapons. retain Greg Williams though. Yeah, you I mean, have I think to. That, I got to. Yeah, I think the way him and Baker respond to each other is really good. But all right, so the Browns, obviously the Jets, the Broncos, the Bengals, the Jags, or the Jags um, did not fire Doug Marone, but the Dolphins, um, the Packers, the Cardinals. The Buccaneers, those are your open spots. I would say probably the Buccaneers is the least attractive spot to go to. I just feel like they still don't really have a quarterback and their team's just stuck in between at this point. Um, I wouldn't say that's the worst. I mean, worst and least attractive are different phrases. Let me put it that way. Um, and the Dolphins is very unattractive, too. Is because, too. I feel like that- so did you hear about what happened and um, why Adam Gase was ultimately removed? No. I'll so I, re- I read a report. Um, Kenny Stills, Kenyon Drake, um, even guys who, who, who had already been dismissed uh, mm-hmm. or dismissed, traded or, or walked in free agency, like Damakong Su, Jay Ajayi. I mm-hmm. didn't know this was the case, but they didn't like Adam Gase, apparently. Apparently, he was too like in your face and direct for him. So they actually approached the owner and said that if Adam Gase was retained as head coach, even Frank Gore said this, if Adam Gase was retained as head coach, they would ask for a trade. Wow. I didn't know that was the dynamic in Miami. I thought that Adam Gase was well-received. Mm-hmm. Ignorantly on my part, I don't, I'm don't. i not a Dolphins fan. I barely know anything about the Dolphins. But So with the roster turnover that is going to take place there, I would agree with you that, that is a very unattractive job. 
Yeah, I just feel like the roster, I mean, even after losing Sue and other guys that departed last year, like you said, Ajayi being traded and stuff, I just feel like the roster has just gotten progressively worse over the last few years, and there's not really a whole lot there. And if they're going to stick I with Tannehill, him, they're, they're in a bad spot. I like Tannehill. He's, a, he's an awesome guy. I think he's a very middle-of-the-road quarterback, but you, you will not – come close to winning that division with Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback. Well, they've said they want to move on from Tannehill, but I mean, if you bring in another coach, things could potentially change. But I also think the Bengals is really a horrible spot. You know, you really don't have a quarterback. You got Joe Mixon. You got a really old A.J. Green and old Geno Atkins. I just feel like this whole team's kind of falling apart. If I were to come over and take over for the Bengals, I would probably clean house, go ahead and get rid of guys like Geno Atkins, A.J. Green, all of them, try to trade them and really rebuild this team. But I mean, like you said, I think if the Browns, don't end up keeping around um, Greg Williams that I personally think this is the best job in the league. I mean, Baker Mayfield, you already got him and Jarvis Landry, great connection. Nick Chubb, young running back. You got tons of young defensive players, lots of draft picks tons, to build with. Tons, I just feel like, absolutely. You, mm-hmm. you have an absolute stable of guys to work with. I'll put it to you that way. Exactly. And let me say and, this. Um, about your ass- assessment of the Bengals and Buccaneers quarterback situations, I'm, I don't vehemently disagree, but I would say that Jameis Winston is, is going to stick around as starter in, in Tampa Bay. He he throws a lot of picks and gets a lot of bad raps. A lot of those picks are tipped. I've watched a lot of Buccaneers games this year. Cause yeah, they, they are. The, because of the NFC South. I think Jameis Winston is an NFL quarterback. I don't think they should move I on agree. from him. Um, I'll, but so, let me ask so, you this. Could so, Jameis Winston ever be a top 10 quarterback in the league? On a good season, yes. On, on a middle-of-the-road season, saying, he'll, he'll, he'll float anywhere from 11 to 20. Maybe 24. Yeah, see, like guys like James Winston and Andy Dalton are like that. I just don't really want to be involved with a team like that that's kind of because the way they built these Buccaneers and these Bengals teams are to make the playoffs, and obviously these teams failed. So at this yeah. point, their roster is just kind of you know, it has it, like you're good enough to win like five, six, six, maybe seven games max, but you're not good enough to be, but you know what I mean? Like you're just stuck in an in between space with a quarterback who can't really get you over the hump. So I just feel like that they're just. These teams just need to go ahead and blow it up and rebuild again. I mean, realistically, in the NFL, unless you have like a defense that is absolutely dominant like Chicago, unless you have a franchise quarterback, you should realistically play like the Browns have. And just, I mean, as much as it sucks, I know you're against tanking, but I'm just saying, like, you just got to There's a difference in tanking and retooling. Plus, in the NFL, Plus, in the NFL, I don't even think that you need to lose all your games to tank out. There's so many There's so many good football players as opposed to basketball, you know what I mean? Like, you don't even really need to tank like that, but I just feel like you have to have that franchise. Lamar Jackson was taken at, what, 26, 24? No, I think he, might have, I think he was 32nd, the yeah, last he, pick in the yeah, first round. Yeah, he, he very well could have been. Calvin Ridley, 19, yeah. 21 or whatever He's, it was. You know, like, yeah, like and, same shit with the NBA. You can find players of talent at any spot in the draft. And the weirdest thing, see, the thing about the NBA is the majority of the players that play in the NBA are drafted. In the NFL, the majority of the players that play are undrafted. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. there's a high, high, high percentage of players that are undrafted. Yeah, Lamar's the 32nd pick. Nice. But, like, there's a high percentage of players like that. I mean, like, Russell Wilson's a third-round pick. Tom Brady's a sixth-round pick. Like, it's different. The ultimate example, Tom Brady was was mm -hmm. close to being Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. And ended up being the, in terms of, product on the field and the hardware, the best quarterback in history. Yeah. I mean, I, that's a debate for another day. I just, well, well, that, well, but... well, according to hardware, the best quarterback in history, according to on All paper right. stats, best quarterback in history. He was a second Fair sixth enough. round pick. Yeah, no, but I mean, I get, I get your point though. And like, even guys like Drew Brees too, not guys who are, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's guys like that in the NFL who, get after it. I mean, NFL is a lot different from basketball in that sense, but I just feel like that. I don't know. I think, I think that there's a lot teams can do with these, with these spots, but I want the franchise quarterback. So I'm going for one of those teams. And I mean, the Cardinals job to me is kind of unattractive, but at the same time, if you can actually go in there and develop Josh Rosen and make something of him, he could easily be a franchise quarterback. You can't write somebody off, off one season, but based off of one season with a bad Steve Wilkes as a head coach, uh, with, mm-hmm. with with Mike McCoy, Byron Leftwich, Colin plays. Like, yeah, literally, Mike McCoy was 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 your OC for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, but that that was just a dumpster fire down there. I'm not ready to write Rosen off yet, but I think he's more of what I thought he was. Rosen Rosen was my bottom four of the quarterbacks taken this year in the first round. Mm-hmm. Who was it? Um, my rankings go: Baker, Lamar Jackson, Allen, then Rosen. Um, oh, and then fifth is Darnold. I'm not. I'm not huge on Rosen and Darnold. I would. I guess I. I, I pick. Um, 
I'd Darnold over Rosen, I guess. Yeah, I'd pick Darnold over Rosen for sure. I mean, I liked Josh Allen the best out of all these quarterbacks. He led the Bills in passing yards and a rush yards, and he yeah. balled out towards the end of the season. I've, I still like Josh Allen, and him and I think Baker has that it factor though. At the same time, to win big games, hundred percent. Like I mean, like I said, I thought Baker would play the Brown or play the Ravens down about the last possession, and that's damn sure what he did on he Sunday. Did. So he threw it. The, the last play was they were down three or five or whatever. The last mm-hmm. play was a lineman pick. Yeah, so, his, so, I mean, so had that not happened, he could have very well led his team down the field and won. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, I'd probably put Baker at one, but, I mean, Josh Allen, if he had the toys Baker oh, no, had. Baker's definitely offense, at one. I mean, Baker's sh- definitely I mean, one. Sh- yeah, I'd put Josh one. Allen, though, at, like, 1.2. Two. Close like, two. Yeah, very close. Like, if Baker's 100 out for for rookie quarterback ranking, Josh Allen would be, like, a 99 right see, behind see, him. So. See, you see, people gave me so much shit for liking Josh Allen, and I was like, dude, the arm strength is incredible. And look at the plays the he can do with his feet, the athleticism, the, the football IQ is good. He didn't have too many dumb turnovers this year. You know, mm-hmm. like it, like Josh Allen's going to be a good quarterback in this NFL. Fuck you exactly. if you didn't think so. Too late, yeah, too late to come back now. Too late to go back on that now. Fuck you if you didn't think so. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you completely. That was my guy coming out. So big shout out to Josh Allen. We got to keep this moving a little bit here. This topic right here, me and Cohen can, are about to argue about for probably the next hour. All right, so Cohen, did the Falcons make the right move moving on from Sark and Manuel and promoting Dan Quinn to, off, to a defensive coordinator? Um, there's a caveat to it. With what they did, I don't think it was a bad move. It wasn't my favorite. I would have kept Sark around for one more year because his offense was total in sixth in terms of points scored factored into how many yards they did, the NFL total offense measurement. They were sixth in the league this year. Um I'm not Dan Quinn's biggest fan, as you know, and if you've heard this podcast before, you know. But Dan Quinn says that he's obviously more comfortable calling the, the plays, which I think, which I agree with, which I think he's good at. Mm-hmm. So that that that's a plus. Um, like I said, I would have kept Sark around, obviously, but I'm not sad and so attached to Sark. It's, I mean, I stuck up for him whenever people gave him shit because I knew he wasn't doing that bad of a job. But. Our, our our quarterback finished third in the league in pass yardings, and, and our lead receiver finished with first in the in receiving yards. So that's kind of a, a litmus test to how the offense kind of did iron out some of the wrinkles from last year. And that was uh, with no run game. With with absolutely zero offensive line play and absolutely zero run game. Tevin Coleman, God bless his heart, I love him to death. Without an offensive line, he cannot run. So mm-hmm. the caveat to this thing is. If that's what it took to get Keith Armstrong and Marquand Manuel out of town, fine. So be it. I'm happy with it. In a perfect world, I, if I'm Arthur Blank or Thomas Dimitrov or whoever, I would have fired Armstrong and Marquand Manuel and I would have retained Sark on a very, very, very tight leash. The same leash that I think Dan Quinn is on this year. I agree with you completely on all of that. My dad and I have been saying since day one that, that why is Dan Quinn not calling our defensive plays? Why is Dan Quinn not calling our defensive plays? I thought it was more than due for time for to move on from uh, Marquand Manuel. I felt like that he definitely had to go out the door. I completely hate firing Sark, like you said, with the stats right there. Sark did good with our offense. I mean, we lost five games this year where we scored over 30 points. That's not the offense. We lost to the fault. Bengals, That's- and we put up 37 points. We lost 37-39 to the fucking Cincinnati Bengals. At home. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Like the Falcons offense was never the problem. Our offense Ever. did perfectly fine. We've seen in the past Matt Ryan sucks with first year coordinators. I don't this is the I don't. part that pisses me off. Why do we fire our offensive coordinators? Puts us behind the eight ball again another year. Look, I know we can bring in Dirk Cutter and this and that. Dirk Cutter had a really good offense. I personally would prefer him over Malarkey, but I just don't really want Dirk Cutter in there at the same time. Like, what has Dirk Cutter ever done? Me neither. He's not been that successful. Dirk Cutter, Cutter, this is me being nice and me being graceful to someone who had a hand in forming the Falcons as we know them today. He's on Mm -hmm. the – don't don't cut it lightly. Dirk Cutter is on the Mount Rushmore of, 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 of people who built the Falcons as we know them today. He helped develop this high flying passing offense that we do now. And he's a great, great, great reason for why Matt Ryan is as good as he is. Do not get it twisted. I think he's a little bit too boring and predictable in terms of in-game play calling for us to win. At the same time, though, 
I think he's our best option at this point because you can't hire somebody that Ryan hasn't worked with yet because, I mean, what are we going to do? Just put Ryan behind the eight ball again and throw another season out the window? I mean, Ryan had his almost his arguably his worst season of his career, his first year with Shanahan, and we saw how he won the MVP the next year with Shanahan. So, I mean, getting him a new offensive coordinator that he hasn't worked with before is ridiculous and stupid. It's just going to put us behind the eight ball again. But I don't have a – I would like Cutter over any of the other guys. I mean, Tampa Bay's offense was top three in yards. You could say at the same time they were playing behind, and they didn't – but my argument to that would be they didn't have any run games. So, I mean, of course, they're going to throw the ball a lot. Cutter put a lot of points up on the board. I mean, he had nobody at quarterback. He doesn't have the weapons that Atlanta's offense has. I would get, I would get Dirk Cutter as our offensive coordinator over any other option we have at this point, but – I personally think we should have kept around Sarkeesian for one more year, and if it's not working out, fire him week four. I a million percent agree. Um, I do like that short leash, but let me go ahead and put a diffuser on what you just said. You said that Matt mm-hmm. Ryan has a horrible habit of uh, having a bad year in, in his first year of learning a new OC. That that mm-hmm. couldn't be further from the truth. In 2012, it was his first year under Cutter. It was um, – I don't have the exact stats right here, but it was one of his best best years of his career. Same thing in in, in – 2015 he didn't have a bad year under Shanahan it was not what we're used to seeing the the intro numbers were high but that's because he's learning new nuances and he's being more aggressive with the football and I do think that me and you like seeing the aggressive Matt Ryan as compared to the 2013 timid 18 touchdown year for Matt Ryan you know I don't think I don't think Matt Ryan has a has a bad history of learning first year offenses I think that it's it's a what do you call it a, a reasonable drop off, but the results are the the, the yellow bar where we hold the results accountable to it. We still meet it. I mean, the stats are there, but he had 16 interceptions and eight fumbles in that first year with Shanahan. I mean, that's pretty bad. That's over 20 turnovers. It's 24. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really really bad for a quarterback. I mean, don't get me wrong. Matt Ryan threw the ball and got the ball up and down the field through for 21 touchdowns. Do you have the loss? Do you have the fumbles lost number? Low. Do you have the like the fumbles lost? How many of those fumbles did he it lose? It just says eight fumbles. I okay. assume that he lost eight fumbles. Okay. But I mean, Matt, I watched a lot of games. That, like that Vikings game when we drove down the field. Matt Ryan threw two picks in the back of the end zone. Badly, I always remember that. Badly, I was sitting badly. in that end zone and I was about ready to throw my beer on the field. I was so angry. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just felt like the Falcons kind of fell apart. or I feel like Matt Ryan kind of falls apart that first year with the offensive coordinator. He doesn't look comfortable. Like last year, he didn't look comfortable at all. Like I remember the biggest thing in that second year with Shanahan was, okay, we run the ball on first down and we throw an incompletion on first down. It's second down and long. Almost every single second down and long, it felt like we got to a third and manageable. And if we didn't, it felt like we were picking up those long third downs rather than the past couple years, rather than like the first year with with uh, Sarkeesian, we weren't able to pick up those second and longs or get major yardage on those second and longs. And then it was forcing us into third and longs. I think that was the biggest thing with Shanahan. And we've seen him even in San Francisco make Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard look like credible NFL quarterbacks and how good his offensive system is. So. I personally d- don't like the decision to fire him, and I think unless that we bring in Dirk Cutter, I think he comes in for an interview on Saturday, I believe, and he is the favorite right now to get the job. Unless we bring him in, I'm going to be um, – So what is your opinion on this uh, Daryl Bevel guy, the guy who uh, was the OC with Quinn whenever he was the DC in Seattle? I don't want him. I want Dirk Cutter. I don't. I don't. I don't want Bevel either. But I. I. I don't want Cutter. You know. I don't. I would. I would rather have Malarkey. Honestly, Malarkey's worked with Matt before in a very limited capacity. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I don't. And I also don't think. I think Falcons fans are dreaming, and absolutely unrealistic. Whenever they want to bring in Gary Kubiak, he has a very cushy position right now with the Broncos that I do not think he will step down from the front office for. Um, I think I think um, Kubiak is a pipe dream. I don't think it's attainable at all. Realistically, I think we will get Cutter. Am I going to like it? Not really. But then again, welcome to Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, I think Cutter's the best move. Also, you got to think about it. Dirk Cutter now has been fired from his last two spots. So, I mean, this could kind of be his last job in the NFL. So, I think he's going to have a lot to prove. I think that he can bring this Atlanta team back to power a little bit. I think I, th- I think it could be a good matchup. But, I mean, we'll definitely see what happens. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Are That's you worried? the biggest question right now. Are you worried? 
by the yes, Falcons I am in general. Worried. Oh, 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 I'm definitely I am worried. I am definitely afraid. Like we are not in a good spot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I mean, I think if we bring in Cutter and everything looks good, that we might be better. But I mean, I'm still just worried about Matt Ryan with the new. I think it'll be more stable, but I mean, we'll still be in. We'll definitely still be in choppy water. You know what I mean? Like it's still. It's I'm I'm scared honestly. I think firing Sark was the worst move we could have made, and it happened. I was very pissed off when I got the notification that we fired Sark. It kind of ruined my New Year's in a a little bit. But the only caveat that 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 I have is is that Marquand Manuel, like that was what had to happen to get Marquand out of town, so Mm -hmm. we can deal with it. I think Marquand was hands down the worst defensive coordinator in NFL history. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I am yeah. absolutely sorry. I, he is an awesome guy. I've had the opportunity to speak with him before. If Dan Quinn, I I think that's honestly where a bunch of my problems with Dan Quinn comes comes from is is having Mark Juan here and us giving up so many empty yards and shitty plays. I don't know. I can't really blame Mark Juan as much for this year. He's missing a lot of guys on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, if I think back to the to our season, we had not this past season, but the season before that. Our offense was a lot – I mean, our defense was a lot better. We held a lot of teams under 20 points. We got better in the playoffs as these young players got a little bit older. I wouldn't say Marquand was that bad, but, I mean, I would still rather have Dan Quinn in there calling plays. And, I mean, I like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Marquand did a good job. I would rather have my fucking left foot calling defensive plays for the Falcons, dude. <laughs> Marquand Manuel is – it was it, – I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you, Tamely. He was number 30 of defensive coordinators in the NFL last year. I could probably agree with that. I'd probably give him a four out of ten. I mean, I think it could be worse, but I mean, I, I agree. With you. He didn't do a good job. He, dude, he I understand the injuries or this thing or whatever. Look at the Eagles from 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 last year, not this year, but last year. They had just as many Even injuries. This year, as that. look at their secondary. Yeah, dude. I, their whole secondary injuries. Out. I want to grab Falcons fans and yell in their face: injuries are not an excuse. Look at Pittsburgh. I know they didn't make the playoffs this year, but they always seem to find a way to not be shitty with lots of injuries. Look at the Colts. The Colts limped into the AFC Championship game against the Patriots with mad injuries. Injuries are never, ever, ever an excuse. And for Marquand Manuel to have a team that played defense like that this year is absolutely inexcusable. They couldn't tackle. They couldn't cover. There were too many busted plays. Let me put it to you that way. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you on that. Fuck the soft zone. It's tough to say. Fuck the soft zone. Bring the pressure. I mean, when you have Duke Riley, though, as your next best linebacker, it's definitely tough to play through with Duke. But why are we still playing him? Why is he on the field? Why, no, why Duke is he not, will not cut? Be part of the team next why, year? I, I highly doubt he will. Quit be. going with him. Like, that, like that's the thing. I'm not mad to see him in there for four weeks in a row. Uh, he he doesn't improve. Move on from him. They still throw these guys out there. Stephen Means, get Stephen Means out of my fucking face. Go get me somebody yeah. good. I mean, it's tough, though, with the cap flexibility and stuff we had. I mean, I, I agree with you, though. Getting rid of Marquand Manuel is the right move. I mean, it, I still think, though, it's tough to play with the injuries we have. We got better, though, when we had KZ in there after a while. So, I mean, I can say that, that we did get better. But, I mean, I still agree with you. It's football. you got to be able to play through injuries. So, I mean, it's tough when you're missing guys on both sides of the ball. But for the sake of keeping things moving, we could sit here and argue about this all day about the Falcons. But let's move a little bit here now. Let's move to wild card Sunday, or Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be fun to watch. Our first game of the day is at 4.30 on ESPN, Colts-Texans. This game is Texans minus one currently. What are you uh, liking in this game? Um, I do like the Houston Texans to win this game. I don't think they'll win by a full uh, touchdown. I think it's anywhere from three to six points they win. Um, I will be taking the one and a half, minus one and a half for Houston. Wow. See, Deshaun Watson has been my guy all season long. I've backed Deshaun Watson all season, all year long. I've backed the Texans, but – Honestly, I'm going with the Colts here. The Colts are on fire right now, winning eight out of their last nine games. I mean, they've got they've got young guys like Darius Leonard who's played really well, and I think he's actually the key player to watch for in this game. Deshaun Watson, when he looks down the field to try to find DeAndre Hopkins and his other guys in the receiving game, I mean, he doesn't have Will Fuller anymore, which already hurts. Um, I'm not sure of the status. Has Demarius Thomas been ruled in or out for the game yet? Do you know that about that? I'll pull it up as you finish your thought. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like that he looks for Nuke Hopkins a lot when he runs around the pocket. And Sean Watson has been sacked a lot. He's been sacked the most of any quarterback in the league this season. I believe it's Mm -hmm. 61 times Andrew Luck being sacked the least. I feel like that he really tries to look down the field. He tries to find Nuke Hopkins a little bit too much. And I think Darius Leonard's going to be the key guy here and keep Sean's running in check and keep him in the pocket. I actually think the Colts will win this game. I just feel like the Texans already played their best football this season. Um. 
By the way, but did you did you see if he's uh, playing or not? ESPN is loading right now. I don't know. Um, let's see. Colts, Colts, Colts. Indianapolis. Wait, no, you said uh, Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. He's not even. He's not even like on the report. Seems like he should be good to go. Okay, he should be good to go because I saw he got hurt that last week, and they said he might miss the game. The only two people, the, the only two people on the Texans injury report is Buddy Howell, third string running back, and then Kiki Kuti, the receiver. Kiki Kuti, yeah, from Texas Tech, he's a good one too. But I don't know, man. I just, I just like the Colts in this game. Andrew Luck's got the playoff experience. He's already had one big comeback against Kansas City. He, like you said, he's been to the, he's been to the uh, AFC Championship game. I just think experience here on Andrew Luck's side. I got to go with my, uh, with uh, the Colts here. As much as I hate to do it, I really want to pick the Texans, but I got to go. I'm going to go Colts money line on this one. I'll go Houston, Texas minus the one and a half. I like Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson formulated a good formula to win. Um, the Colts, this is their first year. You're a big Bill O'Brien guy. Bitch, humongous. I think I think he is the next coming of Bill Belichick. I think him being Belichick's QB coach for so so long, I think he is the next coming. I love Bill O'Brien. I think he's a good coach too, but Excellent. I don't know. I think Excellent. he gets out coached in this one. I think next year is the Texans year. Who, who, who by first year coach, Frank Reich? Come on, dude. I don't know, man. Come I, on, dude. I, can't count, I can't count on Andrew Luck in this one. I've tried to count him out all season long. I just feel like he's due, man. I think this is. I think he comes in here and gets this gets this upset on the road. But eight fifteen, another great game. We got Seahawks at Cowboys. This one is Dallas minus two currently. Um, also over under forty three in this game. I think the best plays in this game are Dallas and the under. Look, I'm a huge Russell Wilson guy. Huge Russell Wilson guy. I would say he's probably the best player in the NFL this season. Arguably, I would argue that with anybody. But MVP probably. Yeah, my biggest. I mean, uh, Pat Mahomes is definitely the MVP. As much as I hate to say it, his stats are just too unreal. The, the Chiefs could still put up a, a playoff team without him. Seahawks would have nothing without Russell Wilson. I agree with that. If we're, if we're but, using a true MVP definition, Russell Wilson is the MVP of the NFL half the years that he's been playing. I agree with you on that. I want to pick Russell Wilson, but I just think Pat Mahone's stats are so absurd that you can't overlook them. I mean, 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. I mean, so be it, it may be a system, but Alex Smith didn't even kiss Alex Smith didn't even sniff those numbers of the starting QB. No, of course but not. we'll discuss MVP. We'll discuss MVP in a minute. But Russell Wilson has been playing an MVP caliber, but my biggest thing is Seahawks have been running the ball really well. They're first in the league in rush yards per game, but the Cowboys are fifth in the league versus the run. They have a top 10 scoring defense and just defense in general. But my biggest thing is Dallas is eight is seven and one at home this season. Dallas plays really, really well at home. Mm-hmm. They seem to always pull it out at home. I mean, as much as I want to pick the Seahawks, I don't think Pete Carroll and this young defense can go in here and get it done. I think Ezekiel Elliott is a big game. Also, ever since getting Amari Cooper, they're like seven and two with him or seven and three with him. I think that plays a huge difference in this game. Me too. I think I think Dallas wins this one in a tight one, twenty to seventeen. Um, honestly, I, I agree with everything you say. Um, the way that that Seattle defense is built, um, Zeke Elliott will run all over them, and it may not it, it may not be for a plethora of yards, but they will eat up so much clock, and the Heat will set the tempo of the game so well to where he'll keep Russell off the field. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that's the biggest thing. Keep the ball in Russell Wilson's hand. Keep the ball on your side. Yep. All right, next game we got at 105. We got Chargers at Ravens. This one has Baltimore as the two-and-a-half-point favorite over-under at 42 points. I don't know. I probably wouldn't take an over-under in this game, even though I think he'll probably end up going over in this one. Look, the Chargers are this season on the road are 7-1. and one. The Ravens are 6-2 and two at home. Ravens with Lamar Jackson have gotten a lot better. But I think this run offense will be a lot easier to stop the second time around, kind of knowing what you've seen from them. I think it'll make it a little bit easier to get a stop here. Phillip Rivers plays his best football this season with his back against the wall and with kind of facing, um, you know what I mean, just like yeah. when you need him to make a play, he makes it. I think that Phillip Rivers leads his team down the field, facing adversity on the last drive, wins this game. I'm going to take the Chargers plus three in this one. I think it's a two and a half by the half point. Get them at plus three, no matter what odds you give up. At least get the push. I think the Chargers go go into Baltimore, even though this is the best defense in the league. I think that this game comes down to three points or less. I'm taking the Chargers, and I think the Chargers advance. I actually will have a hot take for you all about the Chargers after we talk about this last game. Um, This this Chargers-Baltimore game is the hardest game to pick out of the, the wild card round. Um, 
If you put a really, gun, I think Colts Texans is the hardest one to pick. Nah, um, maybe in terms of the two teams being like so even, but the, the Chargers Baltimore game is so weird, especially being in Baltimore. Um, this is gonna be tough, dude. Honestly, um, Lamar Jackson's a first year quarterback. This is gonna sound far fetched and fucking conspiracy theorist tinfoil hat guy. Philip Rivers has been looking for a great opportunity in the playoffs. I think the referees will call the game in his favor. We'll see a bunch of ghost PI mm-hmm. calls. We'll see a bunch of holdings that don't have to do with anything of the play. I think they know the Ravens are, are built for the future with Lamar Jackson. Chargers don't have much time left. I feel like the not the referees give the game to them, but I feel like they have a whole lot more to play for, and I feel like the game will be more in their favor. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that completely. I think the Chargers get it done in this one. I think this is kind of one of Philip Rivers' last rodeos, so he's going to leave has every to be. Has last to be. bit he's got out on the has field. Has to be. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be a good one. I think I'm probably most excited to watch that game. Or mm-hmm. why? Honestly, I'm excited to watch me all too. these games. Me too. Me, me too. So me too. See, the, playoff, is... the playoffs wasn't going to be good for a second, and they had to fuck around and give us the heat. You know, like, I didn't think that the NFL playoffs was going to be that great mm-hmm. for a little bit because, you know, the Falcons are out, and, you know, we're kind of down about it. But after, like, reviewing these matchups, this is going to be some heat. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not leaving the couch on on Saturday or Sunday. Um, the last matchup is Eagles at Bears. Bears minus or minus six in this one. I'm actually taking the Eagles with the points here. And now I will say this: if Nick Foles gets popped in the ribs bad and has to leave the game, the Bears will absolutely annihilate murder, them and murder, it'll be bad. But murder. you you give me Doug Peterson in this Eagles team, a team that has played their best football. With their backs against the wall against backs, an totally against Mitchell they, Trubisky, they were almost I think it's kind of like, eliminated. They were almost out of the playoffs completely, and and mm-hmm. they just fuck around and won what no. three or three or four straight to win the to to advance to the playoffs. Three in a row, crazy. yeah. I said they were eliminated. I mean, I'll eat my words on that one. They pretty much had no chance. One of my buddies is a big Eagles fan, and I was with him the night before, and I was like, dude, there's no way the Bears are going to pull. I thought it was kind of a sneaky little move by the Bears. Maybe they said they'd rather play the Eagles mm-hmm. than the Vikings. Personally, if I were the Bears, I would have rested my starters and rather play the Vikings, Me a dome too. team out Me there too. rather than Me a too. Doug Peterson-led Eagles team. Me too. I thought it was kind of a stupid move, honestly, by the Bears to win that game. I'd much rather would have played the Vikings. I mean, Kirk Cousins does not scare me at all. He was That was – the Vikings were – atrocious in that game. I mean, the Bears defense is legit, but I just feel like Doug Peterson calls it calls his best games and the and the Eagles call their best games when they have Nick Foles in there. I think Nick Foles gets it done once again if he can stay upright in this one. And honestly, I think the Eagles, even though I'm taking them plus six, I think they'll win this one outright. I just don't think Trubisky's ready. I think it's kind of like golf last year in the playoffs. Thomas Penland, you are an absolute savant. I love you because I feel the same way. If Nick Foles plays 100% of the snaps <laughs> in this game, the Eagles will win this game. This is my lock. Philadelphia is a scary team with him at quarterback. I didn't used to believe it. He has made me a believer. I used to, Nick, oh, Nick Foles is garbage. Da, 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 da. After he came in, after Wentz got hurt, and led this team to the playoffs, I am a believer. Philadelphia wins this game outright. Give me the fucking money line. Wow. Yeah, I'll probably sprinkle a little bit on the money line. I kind of like it. All right, so before we move on here and talk MVP and college football Final Four, here's speed things up real quick. All right, so I have so out of all these games, rank them in your most confident order for picks. Okay. From most confident to least confident. Okay. Um, most confident would be Dallas beating Seattle. Um, second most confident would be I Houston agree. beating it or honestly, second most confident is wow. Philadelphia beating Chicago. Um, third most confident okay. is Houston beating Indianapolis. And my least confident pick is Chargers beating Baltimore. I really think Baltimore is built for the playoffs and they can win this game, but I think the tempo and the, narrative and all the outside factors point toward the Chargers winning this game. Yeah, I think I'm a little – so I've got the first two the same as you. I think Chargers plus three I'm more confident than Chargers outright. And then Colts-Texans, I mean, I don't know. If the Colts hadn't gone into Houston and beat them a couple of weeks ago, I'd feel even better about picking the picking the Colts. But, I mean, that yeah. kind of sets me off guard a little bit. It's a little tough mm-hmm. to do that twice in a row. It but is. All right, we got to keep things moving a little bit here. Honestly, we can just we can come back and discuss MVP in the upcoming weeks because I mean we kind of did. Yeah, a I was gonna say we can do that Sunday, can't we? Because it's not gonna be announced anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, we can come back to that any other time. Mm -hmm. But let's discuss the college football final four. So we had Notre Dame versus Clemson in a blowout, and we had Alabama versus 
um, Oklahoma in a blowout. First thing I want to say about the college football is, first off, I think that they were the biggest losers of this bowl of this entire bowl season because out of those New Year's Six Bowls, just about every single one of them was unwatchable. I'm sick and tired of people trying to tell me that the NBA is the most rigged sport and that this, that, and the other about the NBA. Before the season started, I predicted Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and Oklahoma in the Final Four and Clemson and Alabama to play each other in the national championship. I mean, it's not freaking rocket science. I mean, look at the to look at the matchups. Those games are the most predictable games I've watched, although I will say this. I thought Notre Dame would play a little bit closer to Clemson. That was my prediction is that Notre Dame covered the spread. Notre Dame got their ass kicked in this game. But that, I think that, that game should have been 50-3. to The 30-3 that it was didn't do it justice. That game should have been – if Dabo Swinney would have put his foot on the pedal, that game would have been ugly. Yes, it could have gotten uglier, but at the same time, Notre Dame had some key injuries in the secondary that hurt them with uh, – I think his name was Love, that, tw- that 27, that corner going out. But honestly, Ian Book had a lot of open receivers and a lot of open players, and I think he, he didn't got exposed throws. a little and bit. He in also this game. held on to the ball a lot, yeah. too long. Yeah, he held on to the ball too long with the Clemson defensive line coming. He was unconfident in his throws, and he was really inaccurate. He met, he had so many open receivers and just continuously missed open receivers. Like there was multiple plays where all if he put the ball in the money, they would have been a thirty or forty yard touchdown. You know, like Notre Dame's defense made the plays to keep them in the games. I think Notre Dame's defense was legit. But Clemson was just so much better. I mean, even if Book had played his best, I think Notre Dame would have covered. They still wouldn't have beat Clemson. But, I mean, Ian Book, honestly, was the most unimpressive performance I think he's ever had. He really let me down in this one. I was very disappointed in the way he played. I just felt also my my biggest takeaway, though, overall from this entire game was that Clean Farrell is an absolute beast. I mean, literally, they had to roll out to the opposite side of the field to get passes off at one point in the second half because he was destroying their offensive oh, yeah. line that much. Oh, but, I mean, yeah. also, they were doing stupid stuff like trying to block him with tight ends and chip him with running backs. I mean, he literally was just laughing at those running backs and tight ends. And that is one thing that I hate ground, about the but... new age football, dude, is like no one wants to line, line up big boy on big boy and block anymore. Everybody always wants to get chip blocks, and everybody wants to push, and everybody, you know, like, everybody wants to do the whole all oh, fade him out to the right. Dude, put a big man on him. Mm-hmm. Put two guys on him if you have to, and block him. It's 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 it's, it's kind of like chess. Match up guys on guys. You know, that's the one thing that I don't like. Exactly. About this new I mean, age of football. Was... Yeah, he was licking his chops the entire oh, game long. Like I mean, you said, he, he was, was laughing. Like, he was, he was laughing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame with the other teams they played that season, they could do that for the most part. But, I mean, it's not going to work against those big boys from Clemson. And I think Clemson and Alabama are about the only two teams that wouldn't work against because they're so much bigger than everybody. But Trevor Lawrence is coming. He's legit. I think that he'll take Clemson to the national championship the next two years in a row, barring some absurd upset that can happen in college football. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence will be the number one overall pick when he comes out. He was beyond impressive as a true freshman in that game. I mean, I can't say enough how impressed I was with Trevor Lawrence in that game. He's the real deal. And you know what NFL player reminds me of? Who? Aaron Rodgers. Why do you say that? I I hadn't thought about that. The way he's mobile. The way he's mobile and the way he can throw the ball down the field and the way he's smart, takes care of the football. I mean, Lawrence he does take care the of the real football. Deal. I mean, this kid, he's, he's the ready. real deal. Like, he could not be even more. I was so impressed with the game Trevor Lawrence played. He's the, I'm all in on him. Shout out to Cartersville, Georgia, my hometown. That's where he's from. You, know? you think I missed anything on this game? You got anything else you want to say about it? Mm. Not really? You covered it. Nah, what, what, what do you, I know you're a Tide fan, so I mean – I'll let you start out with this Alabama-Oklahoma game. What did you think about this one? Um, this game kind of started out kind of unimpressive. Um, that, it, it wasn't really a great game. Uh, Bama had Kyler Murray pretty much wrapped up for the first two and a half quarters. Um, there were some garbage time points and garbage time yards. Um, it just goes to show how head and shoulders Bama is just – deep and better than everybody else. The, the the linemen are bigger. The linebackers are faster. The safeties are bigger and hit harder. Like it's, it's not fair. It's that game in particular. There's nothing that stood out to me except for Nick Saban's genius coaching. The fact that he matched up guy on guy and he made Kyler Murray look like a regular quarterback. He still had a lot of yards, but a lot of them were for garbage time. Mm-hmm. That's about all yeah, that, I mean, that, that. That I was a clinical win. That was a clinical win. There's no other way to put it. 
it was 21-0 in the first at the end of the first quarter. I mean, I honestly if Alabama really wanted to and they wanted to be just dicks, they could have won that game like 63 to 0 honestly or 63 to 17 or something like that if they wanted to. I mean, I don't really think there's much to say about this game. I mean, there's Alabama not. is clearly the better team. They impose their will. I think they'll roll into this Clemson game as well. I think it'll be a fun game to watch, but we'll talk about that game a little bit more on I Monday. Think but, I honestly I, mean, no, I think they'll do Clemson the same way. Clemson is good. Clemson has a great D-line. They always do. Trevor Lawrence is awesome. I love him. He's from my hometown. Um, I think Bama still treats him like kids and wins by 12, 13 points. Interesting. I haven't made my final decisions yet on it, but it's going to be interesting to watch. Before we um, move on to the countdowns from my best things I saw this year and whatnot, one last thing i got to ask you. Give me your Super Bowl prediction. We almost forgot this. Um. I do think the Patriots will be eliminated, sadly. Um, I'm a closet Patriots fan I, I look up because I love Bill Belichick. Um, that's the only reason why. I hate the Patriots outside of that. Um, I know, I know, fuck them, but Bill Belichick's a genius. He's an autistic savant. He's just the best. You know, like you can't do anything to him. Um, I also do think the Chiefs will get put out because I think Andy Reid is a pretender as a playoff head coach. I love him in the regular season, but I think he's a pretender. Um, if it's not the Chiefs, it'll be the Chargers or or, or the Ravens. Honestly, I, and and I do believe that. I don't think the Texans or the Colts have the tools to go all the way. Um, Ravens are built for this, even though they could get put out in the first round. They're built for the playoffs. They're built to bleed clock. Um, Ravens slash Chargers versus Bears slash Eagles. I would say the Eagles probably. Wow. I know, dude. I know. I'm a fucking nut. wow. Well, that's a hot take right there. I, I like that. But so I actually do agree with you. The winner of the Chargers with the Ravens, I think, is going to the Super Bowl. I just don't have faith in Pat Mahomes this season. I think he's it's a rookie, sir. Where he's practically year. a rookie. He's a first year starter. So so let's mm-hmm. chalk it up like it is. And even. Yeah. And I mean, Kansas City has great home field advantage. He could get to the next round. I just don't think that he can get to the Super Bowl. I just don't see it happening. I mean, I think they might win their first game, but I don't know about the second one. But. I'm going to go I'm going with the Chargers versus the Saints. I absolutely hate myself for picking this. I really like I really don't want to pick this but I have to. I'm picking the Saints to win the Super Bowl. I think it's Drew Brees' year to get one more ring and to cement himself as one of the top 5 best best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I'm not mad at that even though I'm mad that the Saints probably will go far in the playoffs and may end up playing at our stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, but um I don't know, man. The Eagles, I've, I've seen that movie in person a few times. I don't like it, but i got to respect it. Um, I could definitely see an Eagles-Saints Super Bowl. Or no, no, no that couldn't happen because, that, because, because the Saints would play the yeah, Eagles if, if they win. Yeah, yeah, NFC Championship game. They couldn't, it couldn't happen. But, yes, NFC Championship game, uh, I, I could definitely the- see that. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, well, if the Saints win, or if the Eagles win, they have to play the Saints. In the oh, oh, round, oh, oh, yeah, because so. they're the first seed, I mean, so so it would be the divisional round. Yeah, I mean, it's well, uh, that would be, be an awesome be game. That would be an happens. awesome I mean, game. I would love to see that. Yeah, I think this is the most unpredictable NFL playoffs. That's why it's gonna be so much fun to watch. I agree. This is a good. Can't one. wait to watch it. Which which mm-hmm. did, this is the did, best one? I think. Did you have years. us beating the Rams last year in the playoffs? I, I sure didn't. Yes, I did. We came out I heavily way better than expected that day. I'd say that was probably one of the biggest bets I've ever laid was on the Falcons that game, actually. I took the spread, though, but, I mean, that was one of the biggest bets I've ever laid was on the Falcons that day. Nice. That day and against the Packers, I think, are the two biggest <laughs> bets I've ever laid. Against the Packers in the playoffs. I was so nervous. I was so nervous for that game. I wanted the Cowboys. Really? That one, even the Seahawks gave, too, because all the sharp money was yeah, on the Seahawks. And, I was and the like, Seahawks man. scored first. I was the like, Seahawks scored like, a touchdown first. I was like, y'all can be professional gamblers if you want to, but I know more about the Falcons. I'm going to be smart. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be smart. Kick y'all. Yeah, that's what I said. I said, we're going to kick some ass and take names this game. That's exactly what we did. All right, so since it's